Hey there, I'm Fran McGarry, podcast host of First Online with Fran's There's No Place Like Art. Oh, good. There are days when I feel weighed down by all the troubles happening around me. An earthquake killing over 40,000 people, lies purposely perpetuated by Fox News. No surprise there, right? Special counsel Jack Smith subpoenaing Mike Pence and Mark Meadows, Governor Ron DeSantis on a rampage to revamp AP course on African-American studies during Black History Month. Ah! (laughs) It can all be so overwhelming. So what can I do? Get busy. Now, but then that becomes a juggling act of balancing auditions, writing, podcast research, workshops, you know, finding and seeking that balance between work and play. I just finished reading uh, Jen Sincero's You Are a Badass, and she suggests that instead of talking about how busy I am, to rather focus on what I do, to declare, I live an awesome, relaxed life full of interesting project that I love doing and communicate that to the world and myself and then go out and merrily do it. Well, let me tell you something. (laughs) My trio of guests today are definitely badass girls for sure. (laughs) Welcome, Gina Turner, Jennifer Pyle, and Carla Kelly Turner. Welcome. Hello. Hi, thanks. It's Gina Dobson, but that's cool. I'll go by anything you want to call me. (laughs) Oh, what did I say? You said Gina Turner. And Carla and I are very close, so I'm not. We are very close. (laughs) And it rhymes with Tina Turner, so that's not that bad. Speaking of a badass, I mean, come on. Yeah, really? So let's get this party started. We got a lot to do here. Life is full of interesting projects. And one of yours is BAB on three productions. This is a female owned film TV production company that's dedicated to creating content to inspire, empower, and light a fire. Jennifer Lewis, she's the the actress on Blackish. She just wrote a book called Walking in My Joy. And she said that it's not our job to wake people up, but it is our job to stay awake, to stay vigilant. So how has your vigilance on issues near and dear to you keep you motivated? First of all, I love that title. I'm just saying my goal is to leave behind a legacy of joy because people are wonderful. I know that sounds really corny, but I hear people all the time saying I hate people. And I think that's crazy. I love them. I'm not here to judge them, but I want to laugh at them. And I actually 20 plus years ago escaped an abusive relationship. The end result was falsely arrested and did some time in jail while I waited for trial. Oh, my God. Yes. How old were you just out of curiosity? I was 24. Wow. During that time, I learned that 
what every woman needs is a team of fierce women to back them up and empower them and make them feel stronger. That's where we find our best selves. And I also discovered that that's why the typical abuser isolates their victims to keep them away from that source of empowerment. So I've got myself a very fierce team right here that I'm just overjoyed to spend so much time with creating. I love how you said in the intro, merrily going about doing things because so much in the world can be heavy. And so once you make up your mind to merrily do something, I think that's what we've all determined to do here is taking a look collectively at how can we address the issues that women face, particularly aging in uh, certain businesses, the business of film and television, and how can we merrily challenge ourselves to look at it different, to take a perspective that could be damaging if taken incorrectly? How can we merrily carry it out so that it empowers us to give a voice to people just like us who are doing the same thing? How about you, Jen? I think one of the things that I figured out as an executive in my act one life is that I saw a lot of people, including myself, doing what they thought society wanted them to do as a woman. And even what that meant, you know, being in the business world or any other industry as a woman. And I quickly realized that I was not being authentic to myself, saw that other people felt trapped and I wanted to find a way to get back to what my passions were and help other women do the same thing. And so that kind of led me to my act to life and thus to Carla and Gina and what we're doing now. And to that point, Jennifer, I, I really like what you said about acknowledging your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I think women in general, it's a constant battle to make ourselves present and be where we need to be. And I'm like now on my act five <laughs> reinvention and people will say, you know, oh, what's retirement like? Well, I really wouldn't know <laughs> because you just got to get the message out. And what's the message that you want to put out there? Gina, what do you think? Yeah, well... I think we can all acknowledge that we are, we're all damaged. We're all broken, but that, that doesn't mean that we're destroyed because beautiful things can grow out of damage. I mean, my husband lopped off a toe with a lawnmower and he can still run. He just has to push off a different way. There's, you can always start over. You can always find your true passion. You're never too old to find that. So, and you know what? Sometimes it's a lot easier to find when you're older, especially when you feel liberated from being held down by what society has been telling you you have to do or how you should look or everything else. Carla, what's your transitional point? My transitional point, wow. I think I'm at a crucial transition right now. This is the first time in my life where I don't really have anyone to take care of. I have three children. They are 31, 28, and 19. Everyone is in college. Um, I spent most of my life taking care of my mom. My mother had multiple sclerosis. And so I started taking care of her when I was about eight. 
you talk about reinventing yourself. This is the first time I've actually had a chance to really explore the creative side of film, creative side of myself without feeling like, okay, there's somewhere else I have to be or someone else I need to take care of. And it's such an adjustment that you have ownership of you and your time and your choices. Part of what Gina was talking about, it's like getting older. There is this liberation that people, for some reason, everybody's caught up on getting older. You know, everybody's 24. Five plus, 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 plus. You know, everybody's doing that now where they're just 25 plus. That's crazy. This is such a wonderful time for me because I'm exploring a me that I would have never known before. And so Mm -hmm. having my children go off to college or go in the military and work, this has been a time where uh, I've gotten a chance to explore Carla. This is going to be great, (laughs) exciting. scary even you know but it's it's like that's the exciting part of it and like Gina said what I love about it is what I discover I get to stay woke like uh Jennifer Lewis said I get to inspire somebody by being awake I get to tell somebody younger hey you don't have to wait until this happens and that happens to start recognizing you as a person. You can get to know yourself much earlier and than I did by recognizing that you are important. And I think as women, we wear so many hats. Oh man, how about wearing the hat we like to wear? How about that? And so that's what I'm getting to do in this season. Jen, how about you? What was the, the turning point for you or transitional point for you? Right. But, you know, here's the interesting part for me. I happen to have some badass role models in my own family. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I have on my grandfather's sister lost her husband when she was in her 30s and had four children and went on to become a psychologist and worked until she was 90 years old and still, you know, had clients. She never remarried, so she took care of her family. And to me, she was a badass in everything that she did. But my mother, she did her own act too. When she was in her 50s, she left being a journalist and um, went back to seminary and became a minister. And so, yeah, so for me, I kind of got started to get the idea that it's possible to do what you really want to do even no matter what age you are, you know, she led by an example for me. And so maybe for me, it was more not, is this possible? It's when am I going to do this? And I started to realize this at some point. And then it kind of was a transition when my husband retired from the military, his first retirement, which kind of gave me the resources to be able to do the transition. But for me, it was always a little bit in the back of my mind once I saw what my mom did. Other women who also were in her class that were in their act too. So I happen to have an amazing group of role models myself. That you make an interesting point, Jennifer, because I'm one of 10 children, Italian Catholic, okay? And I was one of the, the younger ones. And I really didn't have that role model. I, I did have an older sister, who broke the glass ceiling in the 70s. She was one of the first VPs in the banking business, which was awesome. And she would work 
at night. I used to babysit the kids at night. And, you know, there was that kind of role model. It's like, don't wait. This is what you want to do. Do it. And what I see among the three of you is that single germ of inspiration. This is Team Trio. How did you get it to work? How did you find each other's paths? I mean, you're each of you could do this on your own. How did you make it a team effort, a team trio effort? That is a very good question, Francis. Well, the acting community is is a small community, and we all kind of knew each other in our own way. And one day I got a message from Jen on Facebook saying, I like your sense of humor. And uh, I think it's like mine. We should write something together. I'm like, yeah, that's funny. And then Carla and I were doing auditions together. And she said, the auditions are so funny. We should do a show about auditions. And I said, well, now that you mention it. So we got our ideas together. And I think we created something really cool and unique. I'm actually very proud about almost moved to tears. Not that it's too hard to do for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what's the idea? Tell me. Carla, take it away. Well, the idea is that's how BAB was born. There's so many ideas for the miniseries that we are writing. What I love is, I love what happened. I'll call Gina the sticky person. She's the glue. (laughs) (laughs) Because without Gina, I wouldn't know Jennifer. And so... She brought us together. And what I love about not only are we going to be able to explore how these three women address being older in the film industry, the types of jobs that are out there, coming to the realization, wait a minute, I can make my own way. I can I can write my own script. But viewers also get to look at a friendship build. And that's a lot of things people don't consider is that you don't have to always have friendships from high school, friendships from college. You can also start a friendship later in life, a good one. And so I'm excited not only to collaborate with these ladies as our friendship grows, because we've known each other. Well, I've known you a long time, Gina. Long. We go way back, way back. Maybe what? At least 10. Yeah. And we only go back on stage. So I get to see Gina in a different light. And it's been wonderful. I've only known Jen for about almost a year. Right. Almost right. almost a year. So yeah. what I love about it is, and we have great conversations, all right, about background differences, upbringing differences. And all of this gets to be a great recipe for the things that we write Even our music choices, we get to bring in everything. I'm just so excited about the material that comes out of a very authentic place, addressing authentic issues and giving an authentic voice to how do we do this and keep it exciting and keep it moving and keep it joyful. How did you get these great ideas and get these people together, put it on the page and then produce it? Jennifer? So after Gina and I started talking, um, some of this actually came out of the fact that some of these ideas are things that we personally have experienced. I mean, 
when we get the breakdowns for the roles, the type of roles we're seeing that women over a certain age are actually, you know, how they're being described. And, you know, things that we are actually experiencing going to auditions or, you know, or something like that. So a lot of it was already our experiences. So when Gina and I were talking about ideas on how we create our own content, because we wanted to create content that we thought was exciting for women over a certain age, why don't we do it? And so then it kind of morphed into why don't we do an episodic uh, comedy series about you know, at that time it was two actresses, but then Carla came in. So three actresses navigating this industry. And so we're creating the content about what's really happening to us in, in real life. And so that kind of served as the basis for the foundation for the whole thing. And then we just, when we got together, we all threw out ideas of things that we had actually experienced. And it kind of started to write itself. <laughs> it was so exciting. And of course we laughed till we cried because, uh, you know, we all had really interesting and funny experiences to draw from. And uh, we really didn't lack for any ideas, just built from there. And our energy as a team, we just have the right group of people on our team. We fill in the holes where the others might lack or, or whatever. So as a trio, we are truly one whole efficient creative force and it just morphed into this amazing project and team and it really has gathered steam and it's kept going and when we describe what we're doing to other people we get an amazing reaction from people mm -hmm. oh, it I, really I, it is it kind of we were surprised to hear nobody's really heard of this type of thing happening out there so we kind of realized we're tapping into something it's not a friend's respect. No. It's about real situations. And as actors, we know what that stuff is, but the general population doesn't. What's your favorite? You said you guys are laughing hysterically about stuff. You know, well, let me in on some of that laughter. I can give you a great story that we already were like, oh, this has to go in one of the episodes. Carla and I had a gig together yes, where yes. I was an Eminem and Carla was my handler and we had to stand outside a gas station for what four four We're or five out. hours yeah. I got beat up by a child we were Carla got an <laughs> interesting situation and she wasn't even dressed up bachelor party drove up and they said hey we'd really like to stick the red M&M in our van wouldn't fit but uh, we got some great pictures some great stories that day Yes, I realized in that moment, because that's kind of when I started thinking a week on the way, I remember us talking about writing on the way. And so I started writing, like I tell you, she's like the glue. I started writing this two person thing based on that experience. I realized from that moment when Gina asked me to be an Eminem, that she is legitimately crazy and would do anything. <laughs> And I want to be on this ride with her, okay? <laughs> I already know what is going to happen. And so when Jen came, it was like the three of us, I can only imagine the types of adventures we can get into 
I cannot even begin to tell you just the joy I had that day. And that's how going to work should be. So this is like, it's work, but it's not work. It's difficult, but it's not difficult because you're doing it with an amazing team. And so, yes. Yeah. Oh, Pretending oh. to take a bite out of you, Gina, was awful. <laughs> Francis, let me, I have to tell <laughs> you, the beginning of this story, I said to Carly, it's really not worth my trouble to go to Richmond for $150 for a job, right? And she said, nah, well, not unless you make a good connection. I said, to be an M&M. And she said, or be an M&M. I said, great, because I said, you could be my handler. So. <laughs> you can't make this up. <laughs> you can't make it up. Jennifer, what's your favorite moment? I think some of them are ones that we encounter all the time. Let's say uh, when you start reading the breakdowns and around a certain age, you start seeing the description as old woman, huh. old crone, oh, yeah. witch, and things like that. And just we laugh really hard because... You know, some of these are descriptions of roles that we are well past even the age that it says. I mean, you know, like late 30s and your old woman, we're cackling because we're like, well, what does that make us? If 38 or 39 is an old woman, then, I mean, are we, um, you know, dust? What are we, mummies? Yeah. For me, it's it's always silver-haired woman. <sighs> right. And I'm like, what's wrong with a redhead already you know how how do we break down these barriers how is your your show going to break down some of those barriers you know because ultimately what you want to do is you want people to watch it and you want people to see a new perspective what is it how is that going to happen we want people to feel happy being themselves that's all it's about is being your true self. And if your true self is being that wild red haired woman, then you should be that wild red haired woman. I mean, I think um, if I could go back and tell my younger self one thing, it's like, just be comfortable with who you are because everything mm -hmm. else falls into place. My mother used to say, if you want to love someone else, you have to first love yourself. And I thought that was crazy. The older I get, the more I see how right she was on so many things. Give me some details on the um, actual show like how many episodes to have you have a we season have 12 you... we have 12 in the planning 12 we're... episodes yeah wow. and uh, yeah it's we're getting ready to do episode two and three hopefully within the next couple of months and post-production on the pilots looking really good it's almost cleaned up and ready for film festivals and searching for some financial backing you're on your way i mean it's happening you're doing it. I think some of the what we're still working out is these three uh, characters, it's not going to be a smooth ride. They might be doing things wrong in along the way in trying to be their authentic selves in this industry. And so there's going to be some lessons learned, and hopefully that will help the audience to learn along with with the characters going to be some soul searching. There's going to be some mistakes made through the experiences that they have because they're human. So especially with this industry, we're trying to make it also a bit industry agnostic. And you know, I know it's set you know, in the entertainment industry, 
But we also want the audience to know that this transcends industries. It can be whatever they're working in, whatever their situation is, if they're impacted by any kind of ism, you know, that they feel that they're constrained by or, you know, in whatever their life throws at them, that this applies to them. You know, each of you talked about how there's a community out there who understands who you are and what you represent. And one of the communities I belong to, shout out to uh, NYWIF, New York Women in Film and Television. They are an organization that promotes women in film and television. I was wondering, what's your community besides the three of you? Well, we're very engaged in the film industry here within the DMV, the um, D.C., Northern Virginia, and Maryland area. Our team is predominantly female. So we've reached out to find female DPs, female director, female editor. We're looking for the one that they want to join this team. They want to join our rally cry of BAB on three because we want to get the word out there. We're here. We're here and you can join us. <laughs> because as you say, Francis, it's going to be a fun ride. Sure. How did you, you picked a director. Talk a little bit about her. She lives here locally, but she's done a lot of work in the New York area. She's, uh, I worked with her in the beginning of my acting career. Uh, her name is Portia Brown. She's fantastic. She believes very strongly in the arts, of course. So she's done documentaries about the arts and documentaries in New York. When we talked to her originally and we told her, you know, what we were going for, she says, count me in. Count me in. I want to be part of this. And she took our creative vision and we're relying on some of her instincts as someone who's already done a lot in the business. And she's really taken us forward. Who else is on your team? Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Judy no, she's Gar not Judy on our Judy England. Another wonderful Judy is our editor. And I will tell you what she's done producing and writing and uh, she's done it all, but for us, she's doing the editing, and she she has worked so hard of her own time. Even to get that trailer I sent to you today, she has put in hours and hours of music collaboration and her creativity. I'm so grateful for. How did you not get overwhelmed with this? So overwhelming, Francis. <laughs> and I know we all have learned so much, and I'm still learning basically picking a team that knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think it was you, Gina, that said that we have a very small community as actors. It's amazing. You know, I just watched the SAG Awards and, you know, we're all in this. We're all in this together. And I think there's something special about being a woman. We yes. just bring something special to the table. And I think finally, we're starting to get the kind of recognition professionally that we deserve. What was your like, aha moment? You know, I'm doing this because I am a woman. I think that one of the aha moments was um, when we pulled up at the funeral home and everyone was there, we're unpacking the lights and the equipment. Gina and I, that's a story all in itself of how we got a funeral home to agree to let us use the funeral home and a casket. And so <laughs> not a coffin because we were corrected. It's not a coffin. It is a casket. There's appropriate language you use. And it was like, this is really 
happening. This is really like this vision. We've been talking about it. We've been planning. And and, uh, so many ideas, they're lost right there at the planning phase. They're never executed. But this was actually happening. I think that that was a moment for me that, oh, man. And we aren't turning back. The journey. You cut the path. You're walking it. How about you, Jennifer? I mean, I think I always knew that creating the content because I'm a woman has been in my back of my head for a while. But when I when Gina and I met and then Carla joined our team and we got the LLC, when we actually got the LLC, I was like, oh, this is real. We're okay. Now we got to do it. We're going to do it. (laughs) This is awesome. We actually did this. So uh, I I think that that was a an exciting moment. And I thought this is actually going to happen. Something I've been wanting to do for years. All right, here we go. Favorite line. Favorite line. Let's think about this for a second. Favorite line. I am madder than a Taylor Swift song. It's one of my favorite lines. Gina says that line. <laughs> well, we all have favorite, favorite lines. And my cue for you is to keep on going. Just keep on doing it. And you have a fan in me. Thanks for sharing your time and talent with Fran. I can't wait to see what these 12 episodes are going to look like. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Christina, let me redo that line. I can't believe, you know how many times I've edited this, okay? (laughs) Just so you know that I I prepared. I just want to give that line. Go ahead, do it now, do it now. Okay. My trio of guests today are badass girls for sure. Gina Dobson, Jennifer Pyle, and Carla Kelly Turner. Let's get this party started. Okay. Find out more about what Fran is up to. Go to her website at firstonlinewithfran.com. This program was produced by Marsh Hair Media and recorded at Wheat Sheet Studio Productions. 